Welcome to Tech London, a show featuring interviews with London's top creative entrepreneurs, startups, investors, design agencies, internet marketers, and freelancers that make up the Tech London online community, which mostly lives on the Slack instant messaging platform. We rotate through both hosts and guests for these interviews, so you have the chance to hear from multiple perspectives on London's tech scene. Hi, folks, and welcome to this week's edition of the London Techs podcast. Being the end of the year, we thought to share something a little different, possibly bordering on the more inspiring, as many of us wind down from a challenging year on so many levels, but also preparing and planning for the big 2022 that will be starting soon. In so many ways and on so many levels, sport and business have so much in common And today, our conversation focuses on the lessons, the tips, and the ideas that activities and industries can in fact learn from each other, work together, and teach others. My name is Natalie DeToy, and our guest in studio is not new to Tech London, none other than Kofi Opong. Welcome, Kofi. Thank you, Natalie, and thank you for having me on the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I look forward to these conversations about sport um, and and relevancies with business. So in the spirit of our topic on sport and business, we'd love for you to share a little bit about yourself with our listeners. So yes, hi, my name is Kofi Opong. As Natalie mentioned, I run a charity called Urban MBA and we are very focused on education, in particular how we teach people to gain knowledge. Uh, One of the big concerns for us is um, how artificial intelligence and all the new technologies that are coming about will affect uh, people, but more importantly, affect people from deprived and marginalized backgrounds. So we focus a lot on storytelling and lots of vocational activities uh, to make the course a lot more Um, I would say, um, giving you more experience. And um, we've had some great success with that, with some really great people. Um, But interestingly enough, this is probably, as a subject matter, um, the thing that I love the most, which is sports. So um, I will share later on how it impacted me uh, to create my business. Wow, that's that's a serious topic that is coming up, I think, into future and something that everybody is looking at, no matter which industry they're in. So awesome. Um, I think let's start here. And one of the questions that I've often asked um, and and coming from sport myself is what is it, um, you know, that you learn from sport and how can that translate to business? Well, I'm going to kick off straight away by talking about the levels of discipline um, in sport. And I think that it's one thing that as a young person, you always struggle with discipline and consistency. But it's really funny that when you get involved with a sport at an early age, you become completely dedicated to what you have to do. And I think sometimes uh, sports athletes, especially at the top, are not given enough credit for what they do. So if I gave you the example of Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, from a sporting perspective, and lots of people have said many different things about him. But to be able to be that disciplined, to train, um, not go out, um, make sure you eat the right food and do this time and time again um, at that level 
is the most difficult thing that you can do. And so for me, the number one thing, first and foremost, that sport does is provides a framework for discipline and dedication, which can easily be translated into business. Because once you have that mentality from that side, it makes it much easier for you to run your own business. Sure. You know, I think, you know, sport is, is such a broad topic um, and and discipline is something that, you know, I think a lot of sports people often feel like when they leave the sport that they don't realize the the sheer, um, what would you call it, um, importance of it. Um, and I think if you could possibly share and, and I think you've seen a lot of sports people and business people, but possibly share how discipline can translate into something really positive in business? So um, if, I, if I gave you an example um, of, of discipline and how it can transfer into business, my thing was football. And when I got kicked out at 17 by my father, the one thing that I could do um, was or still managed to do was get up every Sunday and go and play football because first and foremost, I loved it. And so you're motivated to be able to go uh, and do it. And from from that perspective of understanding that I could still do sport, even though I was, um, as I said, um, at the time, not in the best period of my life, what it did teach me was to to have a very clear end goal. So if I gave you an example, when, when I was at school and I was playing uh, sport, um, the first thing I knew was what the end goal was. Sport always has this ability, and I know you're a swimmer, so you are looking at the Olympics as the end goal for you. And straight away, you are given a long-term vision. You know that you need to be the best in your school, maybe the best in your district, then the best in uh, your, um, uh, at the, maybe the, I would say semi-pro areas or whatever it is that it is in football. But you know, ultimately, that the end goal for any football player is to be playing at the World Cup for the national team. And so your goals are so clearly set for you that you just roll with it um, and you are much, much focused and disciplined. If we take that into business now, if you don't develop a long-term vision and have an understanding of where you're trying to get to, your business naturally won't go very far. And that is always a problem that people find. But I learned very quickly how to set goals and what you needed to do and what a short-term, medium-term goal is because of sport. And that was easily then transferred into a business perspective. And in fact, most things that I was taught uh, when I was younger, anything about business, if I translated it into sport, it became very clear to me uh, because of the two things are exactly the same. Um, and they also have a very big part in psychology. Uh, and I'm sure we'll go on to talk about that later on. But the, the psychological aspect of playing a sport, um, when you're playing a team sport of 11 people, but also to be a winner is slightly different in sport than people who are not winners. And that is also a very, very interesting topic about, um, how do you develop that mentality to be resilient and to win? Uh, I, I think, you know, to, to add on to what, you, what you're sharing is, you know, having goals. And I think, you know, you talk of resilience, you talk of um, having the discipline, um, you know, business often changes. And and one thing that, that I experienced in sport was, and yes, I was a swimmer and a lot of people associate swimming with an individual sport. 
Um, but I also had a team that I swam with and that I trained with. Um, but ultimately it is, you know, in swimming, your, your goalposts often change. Um, you know, through life, you go through many challenges and, you know, many ups, many downs. One competition, you might swim very well. The next competition, not as well. And so, you know, you're always needing to change. And I think business currently and how the landscape is working is also changing. And, and maybe you can share some, um, you know, some words of wisdom in terms of how, you know, sport and the change within sport has allowed you also to, to accept the trends and change with, with business. Well, I think you, you, you put it correctly when you say that, um, that, um, you, you have a team around you. Now, one of the really interesting thing about that is when you, when you do have a team around you, you're responsible for other people as well. So it teaches you that type of thing. But I also remember very clearly there was a day that we were playing sport and you said about uh, injuries and losing and picking yourself up. And we were, I think the game, we were three, three nil down, four nil down at half time in a football game. And, uh, all my, all the coach said to us is you're going to win the next game. Uh, the next um, half. Uh, it doesn't matter how you win it, just win it 1-0. Um, and that's all I want from you. No pressure did he put on us apart from doing that. Now, what happens, we scored very early in the game and then went on to score a second one about 15 or 20 minutes beforehand, uh, later on. Now, the interesting thing was the psychology of all of that because all of a sudden the team that had been playing, and if you're a footballer, you'll understand about positions on the pitch, is that the team was playing really high up because they were confident. The difference when we scored that second goal was they dropped back five or 10 yards and all of a sudden then the whole game changed and we were on the ascendancy. So one of the things I very, I very quickly learned uh, with sport is that it's always about staying in the game and the psychology of, of that, that soon as something happens, the mentality of the other person changes. Now you're saying about business and some of the challenges that is currently happening with businesses and the key thing they need to do is address very quickly um, what they need to do. So if I gave you an example of that, the first lockdown, and I don't know what it was like in South Africa or the Netherlands, but the first lockdown was such a shock that many businesses were shut down. But if I can tell you, by the time we got to the second lockdown, we had Uber Eats, Deliveroo, and businesses were adjusting very, very quickly to understanding that there's other ways around this. Now that's problem solving. Right. You're solving the problem of all of a sudden you're in a very difficult position that your business might not exist if you don't find a way to operate. And many of them started operating using all the new apps and the various different ways. And so many businesses adjusted uh, very quickly in that aspect of things. And what you can do is if you don't have that resilience about you, the first thing you do is say, well, the best thing to do is just shut my business down. But as people started looking around for solutions, a lot of them came about. And the difference between the first lockdown and the second lockdown, and even now if we had a lockdown, would be the world doesn't feel as shut down as it was in that initial shock period. Um, so I hope that makes sense. Uh, examples of how you problem solve and um, examples of how psychology makes a very, very big difference in the way that you operate in sport and the way that you operate in business if you are aware of what's going on and understand that you can affect and change it. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, great examples. And, you know, you speak of lockdown and I, I remember distinctly in South Africa, 
um, when lockdown hit um, and and we had what we call family meetings um, when our president comes online and shares with us, you know, what level lockdown and what that level means um, and shares a little bit of an update on, on you know, the COVID situation uh, globally. Um, and I think just as you mentioned, you know, so many so many different companies came up with different ideas in different ways. And if I look at the sports landscape here um, in South Africa and actually globally, we were all speaking about the Olympics and the Olympics had to be postponed um, by a year. Um, they kept it at the same name as 2020, though. But ultimately, you know, looking at our swimmers and looking at our sports people, they weren't able to train. Um, there was this new phenomena that knew, no one knew um, how to really maintain at that point um, point in time. And, you know, as I guess as in businesses that were closed, sport was also closed. And we often had our, our athletes um, speaking about, you know, how do they how do they train? Um, and they also found different ways of training of, you know, if it's doing push-ups with the dog on your back um, as a weight because, you know, you couldn't get to the gym. Um, so I think the resilience that you speak about is, is something that's, that's truly important. And I know through sport, often if you don't have it, you had to learn to become resilient, um, and, and, and go through, through everything. Now, you know, we touched on the psychology and, um, you know, the, the psychology part of, I think what sports, um, and what going through sport, you've, you've mentioned a few examples, but ultimately, how has that psychology and, and the challenges and the changes that you had to make within sport, how has that progressed into business for you? Well, I, I, the, the great example that you maybe talked about was when you get injured. Now, that's probably the worst thing about sport, that period when you're injured and you cannot perform. What do you do? Um, and in most occasions, uh, you are working towards one very big goal, so if I give you an example, uh, Dean Asser-Smith, um, the UK 100 metres runner, has spent four years preparing for this Olympics that was delayed and then pulled her hamstring two weeks before. She uh, she then went there and sort of did the best that she could. But the blow of you working for four years to maybe run it 10 seconds um, is significant psychological issues um and you feel like the world is so against you when something like that happens um in terms of injury and that's no different from a business perspective in terms of when you are coming up against a challenge of not getting finance or you think you're nearly there to get some cash and then the deal is is falls through how do you then come back from that and i think that psychology um as we go forward Every single area has some form of psychological coach to help deal with the mental pressures of, of sport from both angles. If you're not doing well, it's a problem and you feel pressure. But also, if you're the best person, there's still a problem because you feel more pressure to perform. And both areas are just as bad as each other. Um, and you, you must, I suppose, um, develop that resilience that we've talked about. But more importantly now, all of these um, sports all have some form of psychological coach. And I was watching snooker the other day, and um, you wouldn't think snooker is one of those sports because it's not high octane. But for the last 10 years, they've talked about nothing else but the mentality and having a psychologist there to show that being able to visualize what you want to do 
in terms of the goal. Um, a lot of psychologists go through that with a lot of athletes. And all of those are very similar to this period that we're talking about now, that it works exactly the same, that you need to have in your business life a coach or something of that nature who you can speak to. If It can be a coach or a mentor. But if you do not have that as well in your business, very similar to sport, you will suffer. And I think that that area of uh, psychology or knowing you need some somebody around you to bounce ideas off, um, to give you that pep talk when things are not going so well, or to say, actually, you're not doing very well and you need to buck up your ideas is a very, very important factor. So the psychological aspect has not changed whether you're in sport or in business. What I think is happening is that more and more business is adopting a lot of sporting concepts like having a psychologist around, like having a mentor and a coach. And interestingly enough, the, the other thing that we haven't talked about is that when you look at some of the, the greatest entrepreneurs, many of them played sport. And I wasn't aware that somebody like Bill Gates, he was very, very competitive because his mum used to force him to play tennis. And what um, having that sort of sporting stuff does is it releases endorphins and makes you feel a lot better. Um, so you actually need to also prioritize sport as part of what you do or some form of exercise because that endorphin rush will help in the periods of your business when you are feeling really down and negative. So I think the psychology, the psychological aspect is more important than most people give it credit for. I think at the top level, we understand very clearly but I'm not sure that everybody else at the lower levels understand the dedication or, and having somebody who's around you that can give you that pep talk at the right time. Oh, sure. That is, I mean, those are, are really wise words. And I think, you know, thank you for that because, you know, you watch some of the gymnasts um, during the Olympics, um, in particular, Simone Biles, who came out, um, you know, and, and had a lot of mental challenges Um and wasn't too afraid to speak about it. And I think, you know, the fact that we've had one or two athletes come out and speak about mental challenges and, and things, you know, maybe that haven't gone right or, um, you know, other challenges with other sports people as well, um, you know, it allows for others to speak. Um, and I think that would also be great in business, um, that a team is open um, and honest and able to go out there and, and share, you know, what they're struggling with and some of the mental challenges. You know, we all have lives at home as well. So at the end of the day, it is you have three factors that all come into one. Um, and I think something that I'd love to touch on is being competitive. Um, you know, a lot of people think because you're a sports person, you're extremely competitive. Um, and, and one thing that that, you know, going through sport for me was, I like to be competitive with myself um, and I was great at training. Um, when it came to competition, I always swam a little slower than, than in training. But I think coming into the business world, um, and maybe you can touch on sport and business, how can we hone in on, on comp the competitiveness and using that to, to grow the team and to grow those around you? Okay, so... There are two things on the competitiveness that I'm always, um, um, that always sort of, I suppose, uh, it play, you have to play the right line. First and foremost, I'm, I think that all the top competitors have that edge around them that sometimes they just push the boundaries a bit far. I think we've seen it, yes, uh, with Max Verstappen, uh, recently in Formula One that 
a lot of the top, um, um, I suppose, the, the top people have this little edge on them, and that's across all the board with those people who want to win. You have to be careful that doesn't spill over. And one of the things that, that you have to teach somebody at a very young age is not, not to accept losing, but when you do lose, lose well. I congratulate the opponent. And again, I saw that yesterday because I think Lewis Hamilton, as an example, um, is, is, is absolutely fuming with the decision. But the first thing he did was walk up to Max Verstappen and shake his hand uh, and say, well done for, for winning. And I think that what we've, what you have to do is that competitive edge that you're talking about. You need to be very clear uh, about how far you're prepared to go. Now, I was always one of those people that you talked about training and you were a better trainer. I loved the competition of the game. I, I, I don't know if it was because of the negative um, time period I was in, but when I got onto that football pitch, it was all or nothing. There was never, ever a time when I didn't give it all. And I loved the competition when it was something like a penalty. I remember my brother's a very good football player. But when it came to having to take a penalty uh, to win something, he would be the one that would run off. He would never do it. Whereas I would be the first person to off. I just loved the pressure and thriving on it. You're going to get a lot of that in your business and you have to be able to cope. But you also need to have that edge. Um to not maybe move the line to the goalpost too far where it becomes a situation where it's negative because some people take things too far, but more that you understand that you are competing and that's just a fact of life. So if you are competing, you need to have something about you that will allow you to compete. All the top athletes, in my opinion, have that edge. And naturally, a lot of them, sometimes they're right on the boundary on what's called ethical and what's not. But I don't think you can be a top person without it, a top athlete without it, because that needs to be the thing that drives you. And I think that, again, with those people that are in business, if you look, they were the first to try things. So the organization that I came from, Natalie, I'm sure you know, I, I worked a lot for um, uh, Nike for 10 years. And the interesting thing about them was when they were presented with what's become their unique selling point, which was the air unit, they were the third people to be presented with that um, technology in their shoe. It went to Adidas and Puma first, but they were the only people to take that risk. And that's very similar to that edge. They took the risk to say, this might not work, but if we can make this work, what a great product it would be. And now that is why they sell 50, 55% of shoes globally. So I think that, that, that element of, um, uh, competition, you need to have that in you, but it can be developed at a young enough age if, um, um, you love it enough. And they are very similar in terms of the way that you should also look at your business, that you need to be sharp. You need to make sure you've got all your fingers in the right place and you need to be able to um, really go after something and believe in it fully 100% yourself because if you don't, it will not happen. Um, so maybe that's the best way for me to explain what, what you've just said. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, such great points raised because ultimately we all see competitiveness in very different lights and, you know, it is dependent on how we take it and how we use it. That's really, really important. So, I think that's a great point to to move into to one of you know the next points and that is sustainability. 
and particularly sustainable development. You know, you spoke of Nike and and ultimately, um, you know, taking that chance. Um, and how do we sustain it? You know, in sport, um, it's a, you, you mentioned healthy living and, you know, being on a diet. Um, you know, a lot of sports people don't have the opportunity to have those diets and have those specific things that they can do. Um, and really just, you know, they train and they race and, you know, they try and be the best that they can be. But just touching on sustain- sustainability and sustainable development and touching a bit on, I think, if you can, on sport and then and then moving into the business realm. And again, from from your experience. Well, I think all, all aspects of, of sport are now being challenged uh, to think about um, what they do. And uh, it's really relevant. We're doing this podcast because of the F1 that happened yesterday, but they want to be net carbon zero and they're looking at every single aspect of what they can do, um, not using fuels um, anymore. Um, and it's an electric hybrid. All of these little things can make a difference. I think for everybody, because we make the sustainability thing such a big issue, um, and rightly so, because the planet is important. But if everybody remembers that if they just do their little bit, and that might be, you know, maybe not washing so much, um, um, being responsible of how you do your little things that you do, all of this goes towards helping and sustaining the planet. So we... I don't want people to think, oh, God, I have to do so much and how can I contribute to this? It's just what things do you do that you think you can make a bit more sustainable that will go towards it? Because that's what it takes, just one little bit from somebody. Um, and it all goes into to um, helping the planet grow. So how, how you know, we, we talk a lot from a fashion perspective in particular about fast fashion. And I'm not sure if you've got a, a, a Primark or Primani as they call it over here, but those types of people with ASOS, et cetera, are not very responsible with their fast fashion. And if you look at how much um, water and cotton it takes to make a pair of jeans and all the other stuff that's going on, they have to do better. You can do exactly the same from your perspective at a lower level and all of that contributes to where we want to go and how we want to um, look after the planet. On the sporting side, I think every sport has been challenged um, uh, about sustainability. And we, we it began even, uh, and I know this is not so much about sustainability, but even when we look at the fact that they ban cigarettes from all sorts of... I grew up, uh, Natalie, and I'm not sure about you because you're in South Africa, um, but I grew up with seeing uh, uh, Lotus cars in F1 having John Player special on them. And cigarettes virtually ran most sports with the amount of money they had, but they removed them all now. And you can see the changes that are going forward. Um, all of those things help us um, move in the right direction. And I think people just need to look at themselves and what they are doing and just do one thing per day to help. And that will definitely help solve the problem of what we've got with sustainability. Fantastic. Thank you, Kovi. I think we, we lost you a little bit um, the last few <laughs> the last few things that you were sharing, but I'm also conscious of time and you know I, I think that you shared a lot of advice um, and you know really put sport and, and business together. And you know, it's something that you're trying to describe to people that the sustainability, you know, the mental health. Um, and those little nuggets that all come together from sport to business. Um, what is some advice that you can share with 
I think youngsters getting into business, um, you know, entrepreneurs, startups, um, you know, what is some of the advice that you could share with them? Well, I would um, look at um, what I was talking about earlier on, which is that when you see a lot of the top um, people um, in business, a lot of them have a, a some idea of sport or doing some physical activity um, for 30, 40 minutes every morning. Uh, the, the two seem to combine very well with keeping um, your mind in a good place. All of those have spoken about sport and said that it helps them to clear their mind. And as I said to you, to you earlier on, that the endorphin rush that you get from sport is a counterbalance for anything that you might see or gain uh, as a problem mentally. So it's very important that you understand that. Secondly, there are exactly the same comparisons in any sport to any business. And if you look at um, all everything that you do in a sport, it is a lot clearer and a lot more uh, for you to understand only because you know what that end goal is. If you treat your business in that way that you are very clear on that end goal, it then gives you the opportunity to look at your medium and short term goal. So those two things are also very similar. And then the last thing is about dedication. How dedicated are you? You know, how much time are you putting in your business? Um, are you doing enough? Um, and is it the same as maybe a top athlete who, um, I mentioned Ronaldo at the beginning. I am, I was told that he spends an extra 30 to 40 minutes after training just working on himself when people have gone home and people don't see that. And in your business, you're going to need some of that. You're going to be, have to be the one that really puts in the, uh, the effort, uh, the, the time, um, to really get your business to where you need to get to. So if those were the three tips, those are the things I would consider that they're all very similar, but that can be implemented very quickly to allow you to see, um, maybe a bit more clearer where you want to go with your business, but looking at it from a sporting perspective as well. Sure. That's, that's a mouthful, but, but really important points. Um, and I hope that everyone that's listening, um, you know, really goes back and thinks about, uh, the advice that's that's just being given. Um, you know, it's important to always step back and and as Kofi said, step back, do those things that you can switch off that allow you to regenerate and um, you know for you to come back and be able to put more effort in, uh, more brain power in. Um, Kofi, where can we find you online? Uh, so you can find us on our website, urbanmba.co.uk, um, and you will find on there that we use a lot of sporting analogies to explain many business um, activities as well. Um, so that's where we're on Twitter, um, um, which is urban underscore MBA, and we're also on Instagram, urban MBA underscore. So, uh, yeah, if you want to find any more about us, you can uh, use those channels. Thank you. And Kofi, thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for your information, your little nuggets of, of advice. Um, we really, really appreciate your time. So take care and thank you to all those that have been listening in. Thank you. You've been listening to the Tech London Show. If you're interested in joining the community or even making an appearance on this show, make sure you join our Slack group over at techlondon.io. Till next time.